kete nengele de boro koto sekele de brina katolo de baya. Enge bojekele de brina katolo de ba. Le badonglo de brodo sekele de brina katolo de baya. Enge bojekele de brina katolo de bobo. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we rejoice that we have this privilege to come before your word tonight. We come humbly, we come respectfully. We come tonight expecting to receive light like never before. And I ask that tonight your word comes with clarity, your people built up, equipped, edified. I decree that whatever is not planted by God is rooted out, bodies and yokes are destroyed. And I declare that your word comes with clarity tonight. And by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. I give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says it powerfully, amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says that, Amen, like thunder. Glory to God. We want to welcome everybody to this service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And all of our, our, our Kwai Bomb State listeners on radio, I want to welcome all of you by way of Comfort FM and Excel FM. It's a joy to have everybody connected to the service tonight. Now, radio audience, do me a favor. Call a friend, call a family member, call somebody in your neighborhood, a colleague in your office. Ask them to tune to this radio station because there's life flowing through the airwaves through the teaching of God's word tonight. It's a joy to bring you the word of his grace. All of you on social media, like we've always done, help me with a favor tonight. Let's share the video to all the groups on our platforms and, and Facebook, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, tag people, you know, get some people to hook up all the groups on your page, share with them, and then create watch parties. Let's flood the earth with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I also want to welcome all our, our house centers and all our campuses around the world. It's a joy to have everybody connected to the service. We're going to have a great time of studying the word of his grace. I'd like you to grab your pen, your Bible, your notebook, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self tonight. Glory to God forevermore. We are still examining the integrity of God's word. The integrity of God's word. And we're looking at the scriptures where we began from Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 1 to 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in this last day spoken to us by his son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. On Sunday, we began to lay foundation on this subject and we said that there is a reconstruction we did with verse 1. That the prophets at sundry times and in diverse manners speak unto the fathers 
God hath in this last day spoken to us in his son. God hath in this last days spoken to us in his son. Look at verse 3 again of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his presence. And upholding all things by the word of his power. The word upholding all things means that the prophets which are the word of God... All of their word put together moved from the Old Testament into a person in the New Testament. When he had by himself purged our sins. So the things the prophet said about his power was that he will purge our sins. That is what the prophets of the Old Testament spoke about the power of God. That the power of God will be to purge our sins. Then the prophets, I mean, the writer of Hebrews said, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And the book of Hebrews uses that term a couple of times. Look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty, right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. He says, if you want to know God in the Old Testament, look at the prophecies about Christ. The moment is not about Christ, then you are likely to misplace an information not meant for God. So he says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, when he himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. So we can say that the substance or the character of God can be summed up in the incarnation of Christ. The character of God can be summed up in the incarnation of Christ. Because the humanity of Christ is the substance. The character of the prophecy. So, in the incarnation, in his death, in his resurrection, and in his ascension, we will find the character of God in clarity in those four events. Incarnation, death, Resurrection and ascension reveals the character of God. It reveals the character of God. Please pay attention. So, whatever does not reflect his humanity, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension in the old covenant cannot be called an act of God. I'd like to repeat it again. Whatever does not reflect his humanity, his death, his resurrection and his ascension in the Old Testament cannot be called an act of God. So we can say that in all that the prophets wrote, the light will be found in things they said about the incarnation, about his humanity, about his life, about his death, about his burial, about his resurrection and ascension. That is where we find the light. In the things that the prophet said about his incarnation. In the things the prophet said about his humanity. About his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. That is 
within those activities is where we can find the accurate revelation of God's character. The accurate revelation of God's character. So, whatever fact or detail does not reflect that in the Old Testament cannot be called God speaking or God acting. Whatever in the Old Testament, whether a fact or a detail, does not reflect the humanity, the incarnation, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, in the Old Testament cannot be called God speaking or God acting. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 4. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 4. Being made so much better than the angels as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He had obtained a more excellent name than they. So now, he begins to make a distinction, which we will do in a very clinical fashion in the course of this series, between Jesus and the angels. So he makes a distinction because in the Old Testament, we have an enormous ministry of angels. Enormous ministry of angels. So many times, when the angels spoke or were seen, people will say that they have seen God. Because of how enormous the activities of angels were in the Old Testament. You will also discover that angels speaking reduced as Jesus came. The moment Jesus showed up, angels didn't have much to say anymore. Why? Because the angels were made for Jesus. They spoke before his incarnation. And the next time you will see angels speaking will be after his resurrection. See that? Before the incarnation, they spoke. The next time you will see them speak is after his resurrection. Then you will see them say something to Peter like, Arise, kill and eat. Don't call what God has clean, unclean. Then we see them again in the book of Revelation. You know, in the book of Revelation. And you will hear the angel saying something like this in the book of Revelation. Let him that is righteous be righteous still. Let him that is unrighteous be unrighteous still. It was angels saying those words. Let him that is holy be holy still. It was angels. Why? Because there was an enormous weight of the ministry of angels found in the Old Testament. Now look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5. Please pay attention. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 5. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Now, he is, you know, he is making mention of the ministry of angels. Look at verse 6 of the same Hebrews chapter 1. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. Verse 7. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. Now when he uses the word, he maketh. When he saith, he maketh. Please pay attention. I have told you that translation of the Bible is also interpretation. 
translation is also interpretation. Many times in translation, many of those words in the Greek don't have a personal pronoun. So the personal pronouns are inserted for clarity. So when he says he, the he there cannot be God. Because we read in Hebrews 1.1 that the prophet at sundry times and in diverse manners spake to the fathers. So it cannot be God speaking, it will be the prophet speaking. So let's see how he, you know, how, how it couldn't have been God. Look at that Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5 again. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. That cannot be God speaking. That cannot be, that's a third party reportage. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Quoted from Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. From Psalms chapter 2 verse 7. Now look at verse 6 again carefully of that Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten, that cannot be God speaking. That's a third party reportage. Again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, let all the angels of God worship him. Now, pay attention. Again, it cannot be God speaking. It cannot be God saying, let all the angels of God worship him. That cannot be God speaking again. That's a third person reportage. Look at verse 7. I want to bring out something for you. Pay attention. Verse 7. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. That verse 8 is a prophecy of the prophets. So again, that's not God speaking directly. Look at verse 9 and 10 of Hebrews 1. 9 and 10. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore God, even thy God, that cannot be God speaking, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Look at verse 10. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Again, that cannot be God speaking. That is the prophet speaking on behalf of God. Give me verse 11 and 12. <clears throat> they shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. Verse 12. And as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years fail not. Now, please pay attention. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 is talking of the resurrection. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Thy footstool. Quoting from Psalm 110 verse 1. So sometimes the prophet spoke as third party reportage. But people speaking here, where we just read from 5 to verse 13, were prophets, the prophets speaking. Look at verse 14 now. Verse 14. Mm. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So angels are ministering spirits. Angels are ministering spirits. 
They are not teaching spirits. They are ministering spirits. They are not teaching spirits. They are servants. Angels wait for instructions. Angels wait for instructions. Who shall be heirs of salvation? So angels wait on man. They wait on man. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, the continuation of chapter 1 verse 14. Chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, therefore, we ought to give the more energy to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Therefore, therefore. So, <clears throat> he had just put the angels in their place. All of them. Whether cherubim or seraphim or archangels or whatever they are called. He said all of them are ministering spirits. Sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. Whether Michael, Gabriel, whatever they are called. All of them, he has put them in their spot. Please pay attention. Now, in chapter 2 he now says therefore. Because... He has just put the angels in their place. So, angels don't reflect God's character. Angels don't reflect God's character. Pay attention. So, because angels could say things that are not correct. And angels could do things that are not correct. They could say and do things that are not correct. So he is saying in here. See who the angels are. They are ministering spirits. They are servants. Waiting on those who are heirs of salvation. Angels don't have a reflection of God's exact character. They don't even have the knowledge of God's character. Because they were created to serve man. Alright. So these are all put together servants of man. So therefore, knowing that angels don't reflect the character of God, we ought to give them more earnest heed. See the way it continues? Therefore, knowing that angels are servants, they don't reflect the character of God. The next verse, which is chapter 2, which will have been a continuation of chapter 1, we ought to give them more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. To the things which we have heard. Put it up again for me. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more energy to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time, we should let them sleep. We should give heed to the things we have heard. From who? Angels or prophets. From who? Who should we give heed to the things that they have spoken? Prophets. Prophets. So, we ought to give the more energy to what the prophets said about the son. Where? In the old covenant. So, he is saying that what we should be looking for in the old testament are the things said about the son. Not the words of angels. But what was said by the prophets about the son. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. We are likely to drift. Lest at any time we should drift. Drift from what? 
drift from the words of Christ to the words of angels. Drift away or slip away from. So, in your study of the Old Testament, you must pay attention to Christ. Lest at any time, you should drift away. Look at the next verse in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. Glory to God. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, the word spoken by angels. Where are you going to find the word spoken by angels? In the old covenant. So it means that in the old covenant, who should we listen to? Angels or prophets? Prophets. Because both angels and prophets spoke in the Old Testament. So he now says we should, we should give them more earnest heed to the things that the prophets spoke. He said we should be careful because if not, we could drift away from what the prophets spoke to what angels spoke. So we must be careful. We must give them more earnest heed to the things that were spoken by the prophets. So if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, so that every disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Then look at verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So in the, so there is a distinction between what Christ said and what angels said. There is a clear distinction. Please pay attention. Between what Christ said and what the angels said. And we're dealing with the integrity of God's word. Where will you find that distinction? Between what Christ said and what the angels said. Where will you find the distinction? Hmm? In the old covenant. In the old covenant. So, in verse 3, he is telling you not to hold God responsible for everything said in the old covenant. Don't hold God responsible for everything said in the old covenant. Because angels spoke and the prophet spoke and there is a distinction between what angels spoke and what the prophet spoke. What the angel spoke had with it a great recompense of reward for if the word spoken by angels. Then he now talks about what the prophet spoke. How shall we escape what the angel spoke, which was, you know, which was um, what the angel spoke. How shall we escape their judgment if we neglect so great salvation contained in the prophecy of the prophets? Contained in the prophecy of the prophet. So, it will be wrong for us to say, listen carefully. It will be wrong for us to say that the Bible is the word of God. Even though the Bible is the word of God. But technically, when we begin to explain God in the light of Christ... Not everything written in the Bible is a reflection of God. Please, that's very important. And I'm always careful to say this because you know the way people are. People just take things out of context all the time and try to, you know, the, the world is a funny world. Now. Our world has changed completely. 
The social media has made everybody a broadcaster. And therefore anybody can just get on social media, pick your video, cut off things, and just take out what they want and make you say what you're not saying. And you know, only people that are not very, very savvy with social media and intelligent will just take a one minute, two minute, five minute clip and use it to conclude an matter. Wise people will want to hear everything. But you know, we live in that time where people are no more honest. People are not diligent. People don't care. They just want to look for something that can ferment trouble all the time. So I'm careful when I say things like this because, you know, if it was just like our building here where only us, Power City, are gathered, it would have been a different ball game. But now we're speaking to the whole world. You don't know who is listening and who is not listening. And that's not to say, we won't say what we want to say, but we'll say what we want to say the way we want to say it, being mindful of those who are our gainsayers. Now, you must not try to extend what I say. So this is the way I will put it. The summary of putting the Bible together and the sum of it is the word of God. The summary of putting everything together when we arrive at the summary of it, it is the word of God. Because Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify. That is, bottom line, the entire Bible put together is the revelation of God in the person of Christ. The revelation of God in the person of Christ. It means that in our study of the Old Testament, we must take heed to the words of Christ. We must take heed to the words of Christ. And he has defined the words of Christ to be in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. Put it up again for me. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Now, Come with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5. We're going to do some technical work here. Matthew chapter 5. Now listen to this quickly. Look up everybody. So the prophet spoke about God accurately only in the song. The prophet spoke about God accurately only in the song. You didn't hear that. Let me repeat one more time. The prophet spoke about God accurately only in the Son. Now, Matthew chapter 5 verse 21. <clears throat> Pay attention. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Shall be in danger of the judgment. 22. But I say unto you, I say unto you, give me verse 27 of Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Next verse. But I say unto you, Give me verse 31. Please pay attention. Verse 31. It had been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Next verse. But I say unto you, 
Alright? Verse 33. Again, you have heard that it had been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. 34. But I say unto you, swear not at all. Give me verse 38 and 39. You have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. 39. But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. So Jesus makes a distinction here. He says, you have heard it has been said, but I say. Jesus intentionally did not use the same word. It had been said. Now I say. Interestingly, the words are synonymous. When he said it had been said, it is the word aero. Ereo in the Greek. E-R-E-O. E-R-E-O. Then, when he said, I say, is the word lego in the Greek. L-E-G-O. Alright? It has been said, Ereo. I say, lego. So, every time he spoke about what has been said in the Old Testament... In that order, he uses the word Ereo. When he talks about what he says, he uses the word Lego. Now, they really mean the same. But there's a slight difference in the word Lego. The word Lego also deals with you thinking. You thinking. I say, for you to look at it. Or, I say, for you to reason. You have heard it has been said a real. But I say let go for you to reason. For you to reason. The word a real carries in the way he uses it a detail of commandment. Like an instruction. Whereas when he was talking about what he was talking about is what you need to think about. And you observe the things he said. Which requires for you to think about. Let go. Let, let me go over what I just said again. When he uses the word Ereo and Lego, they are all saying you say. But the way it is, like I told you, words only have meaning within the context of usage. Within the context. No omnibus application. So, within the sentence where he uses Ereo, it implies a commandment as it were. But what he was saying by using let go is I give you to think or I give you to understand or something to learn from. So he says, I say, verse 43 and 44, pay attention. Matthew 5, 43 and 44. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 44. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. 
pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Then it says in verse 45 now, that you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Now, King James Version, mm, King James Version makes it sound like God was giving you an instruction to do something. Okay? But what he says here is not an instruction. What he says here is, you bless them that curse you. You do good to them that hate you. You, you bless, you do good. But King James took out the vital pronoun. Like in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. It should be, you give us. It's not a request. It's a statement of the obvious. You give us this day our daily bread. You lead us not into temptation. You forgive us our debts so we can forgive our debtors. That is, we learn forgiveness from how you forgive us so that we can also use it to forgive others. It was not trying to get God to do, it was stating what is obvious in God's character. You lead us not into temptation. That is, you do it so that we can learn. They were affirmations of God's character. They were affirmations of the character of God. But somehow that pronoun was missing. And in the same instance here, you bless them that curse you. You do good to them that despitefully use you. Now that word that you may be is as if though if you do not do this, you do not become the children of God, which is not true. That you may be, it's not like that in the original. The word may be there is the word genomai in the Greek. Genomai, which means to exist. Genomai, to exist. Alright? Now, then the, the word that you may, that you may is the word that is the word hopos, H-O-P-O-S in the Greek. That. Alright? So, it is like an order. That is, you exist as the children of your father. That is, you do this, you love those that curse you because you exist as the children of your father. You exist as the children of your father, which is in heaven. So, Jesus is referring to the consequence of the new birth. The consequence of the new birth. That is, in the new birth... You will love your enemies. In the new birth, you will do good to them that hate you. Because of the new birth, you will pray for those that despitefully use you and despise you. This is the consequence of you 
being the children of your father which is in heaven. Is it getting clear? Which is in heaven. This is the outcome of being born again. You bless those that curse you. You pray for those who despitefully use you. You are not doing it to be. You are doing it because you are. You are doing it because this is who you are. Look at verse 45 of Matthew chapter 5. Pay attention. Matthew 5 45. That you may be the children of your father which is in heaven. That is the King James. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. 46. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? 47. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Verse, verse 48. Be therefore perfect, even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. Be therefore perfect. Again, there is no be. It's not an instruction. You exist as perfect, even as your father is perfect. That's the way it is in the original. You exist as perfect, that's your reality. It's not a request. You are stating the obvious as a result of you being born again. He told you that the perfection was love. So in other words, Jesus was speaking of the new birth in Matthew chapter 5. So everything I was saying now, I say to you in Matthew 5, will be the result of the new birth. That's why he said, like the father. You only use the word father or pater when you are discussing family in the New Testament. When you are discussing family. The result of the new birth. So Jesus is not telling them what they will do then. He was speaking of a terminology of what will happen because of the new birth. So he wasn't giving a new set of instructions. You see that? He was only stating the resultant effect of a man that will be born of the spirit. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Let's examine something else. Matthew chapter 19. Remember, we are examining the integrity of God's word. So we can safely say, Jesus explains the father. Jesus explains the father. And we can act the father only by the new birth. We can act the father only by the new birth. That is, Jesus brought the revelation of the father. And we can only act the father by the new birth. Look at Matthew 19 verse number 3. Matthew 19 verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Next verse. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which met them at the beginning met them male and female? Next verse. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Verse 6. Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God had joined together, let no man put asunder. Verse 7 now. 
they say unto him, Why did Moses then give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? When they mention Moses in verse 7, they are referring to Exodus and Leviticus. Alright, now, look at Jesus' answer in verse 8. Matthew 19 verse 8. He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. The word because, Moses because, is the word prose in the Greek. Prose. P-R-O-S. Prose. Prose means to have a view of the hardness of your heart. Moses having a view of the hardness of your heart. The word hardness of your heart is the word sclerocardian. I can spell it for you. Sclerocardian in the Greek. S-K-L-E-R-O. Sclero. Cardian. K-A-R-D-I-A-N. Cardian. Cardia is your heart. The cardia. So sclerocardian, that is because of the hardness of your heart. The word sclero means difficult. That is, Moses gave you those instructions because of your heart. So those instructions reflect your heart. So if you were told, hate your enemy, is because that is what is already in your heart. Hate your enemy, it's already in your heart. Eye for eye, that is what you have conceived in your heart. Moses only gave it expression outside your heart. So if you were told leg for leg, tooth for tooth is because that's what is in your heart. The law doesn't make people sinners. The law only exposes what is in people. The law only exposes the state of men's hearts. You know, I love Andrew Womack. Uh, Andrew Womack said something that blessed me. You know, he said when he started preaching the grace of God, the gospel of the grace of God in his church, the following Sunday, some guys came to church smoking pipe and tobacco. And some came to him and said, some guys are smoking, part of your leadership. They are smoking pipe in front of the church. <laughs> and they said, it is because of what you preached last Sunday. You were preaching grace, grace, grace. You are preaching that God has forgiven you your sins, past, present, and future. That gave them boldness to come and smoke pipe in front of the church. So Andrew Womack said, he told those guys, go and meet those people smoking pipe in front of the church. Ask them which of them started smoking after last Sunday. Go and ask them which of them started smoking after last Sunday. <laughs> They went and asked them and none of them started smoking after last Sunday. That means they have been smoking. What was preached last Sunday helped to bring out what was being hypocritically hidden. When people say we preach grace, we are giving people a license to sin. Well, the reason they said that is because when we start preaching grace... It gives people confidence to come out and stop pretending. 
Because when you come out and you stop pretending, it is easy now for the word of God to cure you. As long as you are hiding and pretending, you cannot open yourself for the healing of God's word. And then watch this. And the woman said, as the people started smoking, and they were smoking, he just encouraged them to keep coming and hear the word. Keep coming and hear the word. And as they were coming and hearing the word, the word of God began to heal them. Gradually they stopped smoking and they were free permanently. You know what the law does is the, the law produces very, very intelligent and careful sinners. The law produces intelligent and careful sinners. Sinners who will sin very well, but hide and put on a form of godliness. Jesus called them whitewashed sepulchers. Outside they look clean, but inside they are full of rotten bones. What the grace of God does is the grace of God helps you to accept who you are exactly without pretending and come out so that the word of God can cure you permanently and give you freedom from the hold of the enemy. Please stay with me here. So, the law is just a revealer, not a maker. The law is a revealer, not a maker. So Moses plainly just said what was in their heart. What was in their heart was revenge. It is called the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. So where was death before the law came? Death was in the heart of man who did not have the life of God. Death was in the heart of man who did not have the life of God. So Moses said, he said that. Because that was what was already in their hearts. So now, Jesus is now saying that the cure to that kind of heart is the new birth. The cure to a hypocritical heart, a pretentious heart, a pretentious behavior is the new birth. So the promise of the new birth and the gospel will be found in the Old Testament. Please stay with me. The contradiction as it were, the life of man outside the gospel will also be found in the Old Testament. The wrong impression about God will also be found in the Old Testament. The gospel of Christ will also be found in the Old Testament. The words of angels will also be found in the Old Testament. So all of them are gathered where? In the Old Testament. Please stay with me. It will be found in the Old Testament. But glory to God for Christ. Jesus clears all of that to us. If we are looking at the integrity of God's word, our focus will be on Christ. To be able to situate the integrity of God's word, our focus must be on Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 again. Hebrews 1 1. At sundry times and in diverse manners, the prophets spoke unto the fathers. One of those prophets will be Abraham. Yeah. Abraham was the first person called a prophet. Look at Genesis 20 verse 7. I'm going to move a little faster now. Genesis 20 verse 7. Genesis 20 
verse number 7. Genesis 27. Now therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are dying. For he is a prophet. That's the first time the word prophet was mentioned in the Bible. And it was mentioned concerning Abraham. And that word in the Hebrew is the word Nabi. Nabi. N-A-B-I. A spokesperson. So a prophet is a spokesperson. One who speaks on behalf of another. One who speaks on behalf of another. That's why in Exodus you will see God, you, you, you will see Moses writing something like, Aaron will be a prophet to Moses, and Moses will be a God to Aaron. Have you read that before? Moses will be a God to Aaron, and Aaron shall be a prophet to Moses. Many don't understand that the word God is the word Elohim. Elohim means a judge or someone who superintends over. The word Elohim, God, means a judge or someone who superintends over. Sometimes the word Elohim or God is used for angels. Angels. It is also used for deity. It is used for magistrates or it is used for a judge. So when you see God in any context, you need to find out which God. Is it judges, magistrates, angels or deity? For example, Psalm 82 where he say, I have said you are gods. What it means there is, I have said you are judges. I have said you are judges. The believer is not called a God in the New Testament. The believer is called a new creation. You are gods. You are no 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 no. You are not a God. You are a new creation. Gods are judges. Judges over look at Psalm 82, verse 1 quickly. Psalm 82, verse number 1. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Or he judgeth among the rulers. Or he judgeth among the judges. Look at the next verse. What is the judgment? How long will you judge? Because he's indicting judges. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked seller? Look at the next verse. Defend the poor because they are judges and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. So the word God in the Old Testament must always be explained within context. Look at me. Because it can be used for angels, gods. It can be used for judges. It can be used for magistrates. And it can be used for deity. So it must be explained. So when you see God in the Old Testament, don't conclude that it is the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. It could be an angel, it could be judges, or it could even be, a, you know, a magistrate. Now, now, so he says in Numbers 11.29, pay attention. Numbers 11.29. And Moses said unto him, Enters thou for my sake, will God that all the lost people were prophets, and that the Lord will put his spirit upon them. Prophets, prophets, spokespersons. Prophets, spokespersons. Look at Numbers 12 verse 9. 
Numbers 12 verse 9. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. Alright? The anger of the Lord. That has to be explained in context. The anger of the Lord has to be explained. So now, hold on. A prophet is a spokesperson. Somebody whose words can be taken as what God said. The anger of the Lord there is the anger of the prophet. See that? The anger of the Lord there is the anger of the prophet. Because a prophet is God's spokesperson. Somebody whose words can be taken as what God said. He is a spokesperson. For example, if you have a company, in your company you have your PR. The person in charge of your public relations. When he speaks, people take his words as the words of the MD of the company. The PR guy is the spokesperson for the company. So, a prophet is just like that. His words will become authoritative. So, it is in this instance that prophets are called spokespersons. So, Abraham was one of such spokespersons. In his words will be found the words of Christ. So, look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Are you getting blessed? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Who through faith and patience. Look at me everybody. It's not faith plus patience. The faith is explained in the patience. The faith is explained in the patience. Faith referring to their patience inherit the promises. Who through faith referring to their patience inherited the promise. The word to inherit is the Greek word Clereno, clerenomio, clerenomore. K-L-E-R-O, for those writing, K-L-E-R-O-N-O-M-E-O. It means to obtain or to take. That is, the faith of the Old Testament fellow is called patience. Their faith is called patience because what they were promised is Christ. So they had to wait for the promise. So their faith was expressed in their patience. Their faith was expressed in their patience. So their faith is patience. Look at verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 6. For when God, this is our key scripture. So it is now we are beginning our study on the integrity of God's word. We were just clearing the bush. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by, he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. The writer of Hebrews uses carefully his word. The word promise is the word epagelomai. Epagelomai. E-P-A, for those writing, E-P-A-G-G-G-E-L-L-O-M-A-I. Epagelomai. 
is used about 15 times. And I'm going to pick out the ones that refers to God. And if you're making notes, it's the time to write quickly. Acts chapter 7 verse 5. Promise to Abraham. Acts chapter 7 verse 5. Romans chapter 4 verse 21. Still Abraham. Romans 4.21. Galatians 3.19. Still Abraham. That is, the word is used a lot. The word promise is used a lot in the interaction between God and Abraham. The word promise is used a lot in the interaction between God and Abraham. You will see the word promised used a lot. So, Abraham's words will also have promise in them. The word epagelomai, take down Titus 1-2. Now, the word, the one in Titus, we have to leave it out because God promised life before the foundation of the world. That's not applicable to this particular teaching. But Hebrews 10.23 in the same later, past tense. Hebrews 11.11 making reference to God's promise. Hebrews 12.26 He promised in Hebrews 12.26 refers to the prophecy of the prophets. Alright, Epangelomai. Go back to Hebrews 6.13. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Kabayada. He swore by himself. Now that word, he swore by himself, is the Greek word omnoa. Omnoa. O-M-N-U-O. Used in four places. Used in four places. Before now, and in every instance, it refers to prophecy. Look at it in Acts 2.30. Put it up for me. Acts chapter 2 verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ, to sit on his throne. Being a prophet. So the promise of God. Or what God promised Abraham. Can be found as a prophecy. What God promised Abraham. Can be found as a prophecy. Look at Hebrews 3.11. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 11. Stay with me. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest. Swore, swore, swore. Look at Hebrews 3.18. That is a prophecy. Hebrews 3.18, another prophecy. And to whom swore they he that they would not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So, both Acts 2.30, Hebrews 3.11, Hebrews 3.18, all of them are a prophecy of the gospel. Those three verse, three scriptures. They are a prophecy of the gospel. Look at Hebrews 4.3. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, 
If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Another prophecy. Look at Hebrews 7.21. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21. For those priests were made without an oath. But this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swore and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, what does it mean to swear in this instance? Swear, swear, swear. What does it mean to swear? The word O-M-N-U-O, Omnua. It means to say what you will do. To swear means to say what you will do. That's what it means in this instance. That is what he himself will do. He is not going to send someone to act on the prophecy. The prophecy refers to a personal commitment or a personal action. The prophecy. What he himself is personally committed to do. He's not sending somebody to do it. The prophecy refers to a personal action. And this action will come from God himself. An angel will not do it. It will come from God himself. A prophet will not do it. An angel will not do it. This is what God gave to Abraham that God himself will do. So when he says, I swear, he is announcing what he alone will do by his commitment. Personal commitment. Look at Hebrews 6.14. Pay attention. Hebrews 6.14 saying, Surely, he swore saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee. Multiplying... I will multiply thee. Listen carefully. To use this verse for material blessing is injustice. This verse of multiplying, to use it for material wealth is injustice. Because what he said here was something that Abraham in his faith waited for. Abraham waited for this multiplication. And while he was waiting, he was already rich. He was wealthy. He had everything. So he, the multiplication was not material. It was not money. It was not cattle. He already had all that. So this multiplying wouldn't be used for material wealth. The word multiply is the Greek word. Is the word plethuno. Plethuno. P-L-E- T-H-U-N-O. Multiply. And the places to read, if you are making notes, write down. The word multiply was used for persons. Persons. 95% of the times. Used for persons. You can take down the scriptures and you can study them at home. Acts 24.12. The word multiply is used for actions. Acts 6.1. Actions of the people. 2 Corinthians 9.10 Actions. I go over it again. Matthew 24.12 Acts 
2 Corinthians 9 10, Acts 7 17, Acts 7 17, Acts 9 31, for persons, persons. 1 Peter 1 2, great and peace be multiplied through knowledge. Jude verse 2, then there are two scriptures that are not for persons. Luke 5, 6, the multiplication of fishes. And Luke, I mean John 21, 6. Beside these two I just mentioned, which is Luke and John, all other times multiply is for persons or actions. Persons or actions. The word multiply. The word multiply. For persons or actions. So, when he said, in blessing I will bless you to Abraham. And in multiplying I will multiply you. He wasn't talking about physical substance. Abraham believed God. He said, I have spoken well. I have blessed you. But I will multiply what you, Abraham, has done. I will multiply what Abraham has done. Obviously, that multiplication is in the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. For in you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So, I will multiply these actions. I will multiply what you have just done. And God spoke well of Abraham and said, I will multiply. He wasn't multiplying his houses or cattle or possession. And this is not a scripture for a Nigerian to become a Jew either. It's a text to see the importance of the gospel as promised in the Old Testament. So again, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 14 and 15. I'm rounding up for the day. Ooh, I'm enjoying this. Hebrews 6, 14 and 15 saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. Verse 6, 15. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now we will get there on Sunday. Look at verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. 17 now. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of, the, of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. The word to show means to demonstrate. To show proof to you. God willing to show, to demonstrate or to show proof to you. That is, if I gave a promise by words, I will prove it by action. If I gave a promise by words, I will prove it by action. That's what he's talking about here. Remember, the promise is a pangelobai, what God himself will do. So verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 6, put it up again. Hebrews 6, 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of the counsel, of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. He calls 
it the immutability. What will never change when it is done. What will never change when it is done. The Greek word is ametatetos. Ametatetos. I can spell it for those making notes. A-M-E-T-A-T-H-E-T-O-S. Ametatetos. It is usually used by the Greeks for a will. A will. When someone is dead, you cannot alter his will. Immutability. The will is immutable once the, the willer is dead. Alright? So he says that this kind of promise and fulfillment that God has given is similar to a man writing a will. When he dies, it cannot be altered. He calls it the immutability of his counsel. That is what proves that God has integrity. So what is it that proves that God has integrity? Hebrews 6.18, as I close. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Upon the hope set before us. The word immutable by two actions. Look at me everybody. By two actions. It is impossible for God to lie. By two actions. Kabayata. What do you mean by two actions? What he said and what he did. What he said as promise. And him carrying out the promise in action as proof. By the promise and the action, it is impossible for God to lie. So, the integrity of God will be explored on these two things. What he said and what he did. So, question. What exactly did he say? We will find out on Sunday. What exactly did he say? Number two. What exactly did he do? What exactly did he do? We will find out on Sunday. And what is the effect of what he said and what he did on Christianity today? What is the effect of what he said and what he did on Christianity today? That by two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie. What are those things? What he said and what he has done. Hallelujah. What he said and what he has done. We are dealing with the integrity of God's word. Are you blessed tonight? Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you in this service. Hallelujah. By two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie. Is that Pastor Perry? Pastor Perry, how did you get here? (laughs) Pastor Perry, come, 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 come. You will pray now. You will pray. Since you're here, you will pray. You will pray for the, for the audience on TV today for me. Hallelujah. 
Good to see you, ma. Hi, I miss you, ma. Wow, so good to have you here. Now, I'm going to get Pastor Perry to pray for all of you, both the radio audience, house centers, global audience, and all of that. Two immutable things is impossible for God to lie. What he has said and what he has done. Two things. And by those things, God cannot lie. When you come face to face with the integrity of God's word like this, believe me, even if your body was complicatedly sick, once you just understand what I have said, you stand up and walk away. You walk away from the sickness. It's impossible for God to lie. We want to pray for those of you watching by this broadcast for revelation, knowledge, and for healing for your bodies. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Perry. In the name of Jesus, by the reasoning word of God and the integrity of God's word, by the immutable visibility of God's character, we hereby declare with my Father over your life, over your business, over your family, that by these two immutable things, what he has said and what he has done, you are free from the chains and the shackle of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I ever declare over your life, I ever declare over your body that you are healed, you are set free by the power of God's word in the name of Jesus. From today henceforth, you are going forward, you are going upward in the name of Jesus. God's word cannot lie. God's word cannot lie. Therefore, go forth and explode. Go forth and explode. In the name of Jesus, the integrity of God will speak for you. He speaks for your business. He speaks for everything concerning your life. In the name of Jesus, it is well with this country. It is well with this state. It is well with power city. In the name of Jesus. It is well with our compasses. By the power of God's word. We receive it. In the name of him. That guarantees us answer. In Jesus. Awesome name we are prayed. And the people of God shouted. Amen. Amen. Whoa. Glory. Amen. Oh my goodness, thank you Pastor Perry. Now listen everybody, listen quickly, quickly. I'm out of time. Those of you in Aquaibom State, you want to start a campus, you want to start a Bible study center under Power City, anywhere in the local governments or villages, or even in Uyo here. Jesus said where two or three are gathered. Maybe you've started following our teachings and you're no more satisfied anymore with what you were having before. And now you want to start a Bible study in your home with your family and your neighbors, and you want it to be under my supervision so that the feeding can continue to come from me, you can call this number today. Your village, your local government. The number is 070-4777-0616. I go over it again. 070-4777-0616. If you call that number, my team will answer you and set up an appointment for me and you to meet where I can be able to, you know, take you through training and we can start house centers all over the place and a Bible study center in your home. Tomorrow, I'm having a Bible study with all pastors in Akwaibom. Wherever you're hearing this broadcast, if you're a pastor, you're hungry to grow in this knowledge, you have questions you want to ask me, I'll be meeting with pastors tomorrow right here at Power City, 98 Waniba Road, Uyo Akwaibom said by 11 a.m. 11 a.m. 
you can join the Bible study. Now everybody grab your offering. I want to pray and take your offerings before we go. We give in honor of God's word. And I want to thank all the partners on social media, television, Facebook, and all of you on radio for your givings that enables this ministry to continue to serve you the grace of God. All our house centers and campuses, grab your offerings, everybody. We want to give in honor of Christ. And those of you who want to support what we are doing, this is an opportunity to support and give your best tonight as we worship Jesus. Lift up your offerings, let's pray. Father, we rejoice for the privilege to give. We give in faith and we give with joy. And we declare that our offerings are a sweet smell before you tonight. And thank you that every need is met supernaturally. We give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Hey guys, you know we love you. Always a joy to serve you the grace of God. Sunday morning, I'll be live at 8 a.m. GMT plus one. On Kingdom Life Network, all our social media platforms, and in all the house centers and campuses. Then at 11 a.m. GMT plus one, I'll be live both on Comfort FM and all the radio stations. You know, on Sunday plus all the platforms and social media platforms and Kingdom Life Network. Now, those of you who receive Kingdom Life Network signal in the Middle East, in the Middle East, will be glad to get a call from you or send an email to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. We want to know the location where you're receiving our signal at in the totality of the Middle East. And also, those of you watching Kingdom Life Network in the entire nation of Ghana, we want you to also send us an email so we know the areas where our signal covers in Ghana. This is the email address both for Middle East and Ghana. Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. We love you guys. Looking forward to serve all of you the grace of God, you know, on Sunday morning. But remember, on radio, we're live every day. Right now, we'll be live. We'll be live in the studio with Mr. Michael Bush, answering all your questions till 8 o'clock. Then 8 to 9, we're live on Inspiration FM. Tomorrow, we're live on Radio Aquaibom, 11 to 1 o'clock. Then we're live again on XL FM, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. And we're live again tomorrow evening, 6 to 8 on Comfort FM, and 8 to 9 on Inspiration FM. You don't want to miss any of the broadcasts, and it runs every day till the 7th of October. We love you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, and be blessed. Amen. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! Praise God. All right. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. A.B.